At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate megastores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. What's up, you guys? Sean Ross app, Fightful.com. Here with a name you know. You might know her as Laurel Van Ness. You might know her as Reclusa. We got Chelsea Green here, one of the hottest free agents on the market right now. Chelsea, how you doing? <laughs> That's so crazy hearing you say that because it feels like yesterday that I like was labeling myself the hottest free agent. Well, I mean, here here we are. Uh, you you are a free agent. This has been a very big week for you. Uh, I'm sure uh, an emotional roller coaster of a week. But people want to know how you're feeling right now. I think that people are probably expecting me to be very emotional. I know my family and and my best friends were expecting that out of me. Um, but I've kind of been emotionless. It's very strange. I haven't cried. I'm kind of excited. I'm kind of nervous. So I'm like emotionless, but I'm also feeling all the emotions right now. It's, it's very overwhelming. <laughs> so it was a few days ago as we filmed this, that the news of the release happened. I had heard things, obviously. Oh, well, maybe, maybe they'll bring her back after WrestleMania. I'm sure you had heard those things as well. Did this oh, yeah. come as a surprise to you? And, and how are you feeling about it? I actually was totally shocked. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. I was totally shocked. Um, I, I understand it. You know, I, I wasn't used. Um, and of course, when I was used, then I broke my arm. Um, so I, I was definitely shocked. And in previous years, when they have done the releases, I was expecting it more throughout those releases. I was kind of ready last year and and you know um times before but this time I was I was very shocked because I know my potential in the company and I know what I bring to the table which is something different you know character work and and acting skills and promo abilities and that's something that I know I I will thrive at when I'm able to show that so um yeah I was totally shocked um thankfully I was given a little bit of a heads up, a little warning. Hey, they're, they are cutting people. Um, so I was able to mentally prepare myself just in case, because I will say if I hadn't have got that text, letting me know, I would have thought that that phone call was for my debut and that would have been embarrassing. Yeah. I am so thankful that I was forewarned because wow, I, I was ready to debut, you know? It was going to be a real-life Laurel Van Ness situation. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it would have been total shock, and who the hell knows what I would have done then. <laughs> so we had heard that it was Johnny Ace, and they, they 
basically said budget cuts are the reason, correct? Yes, that's that's what they said to me. Um, you know, he was he is very, very sweet to me. Um, we've known each other since pre WWE days, just because um, I have a good relationship with the Bellas and the Bellas mom. I, I, I love them all. So he was kind of tied into that relationship. So he was very nice to me about it. Um, you know, I'm sure that's a hard call to make over and over again. And he just got promoted to that spot again. So, I mean, I'm sure that that's, and, and a lot of people were speculating, is that why, were they just like, hey, somebody who's given these calls before, do it? Yeah, but. right, he's like, he knows what he's doing with those calls, and I do, I, I do really like the fact that he's just so straight up. I really appreciate someone that's straightforward and doesn't bullshit with me, because I'm not a bullshitter, and that has got me in trouble in the past, but, <laughs> but I, I feel like in the long run, it, it just works out better for everyone when you just cut the shit, get straight to the point. And, um, and, and so I'm, you know, I'm glad I got that call from him. Did, uh, did they say anything about maybe the doors open? Maybe you'll end up back in the future. I mean, I know last year, a lot of the, a lot of the, the people that they talked to said, Hey, you never know down the line. Was, was any of that like, like put out there for you? It definitely was um, there. You know, they kind of say the same thing every time, which is that WWE is a revolving door. And we've seen that happen, especially when, you know, we saw Jinder come back yeah, and people like that and, and become the champ, you know? Um, so I know, I know that that's a possibility. I know that, that, that sentence um, is true, but with that being said, you know, I, you can't sit around and, and wait. And I'm just not that type of person to sit around and wait. I never have been. I think that's why I've done well in wrestling. I've always, I always left the party before the party was over. And even though I didn't leave the party this time, I got kicked out. This, the party still is going, you know what I mean? And I can still come back and the party's still going to be going. So we had seen you pop up backstage at SmackDown. There was that picture on Twitter how did that go? Were you there to talk about like a return? Were you there to were you just there visiting? How how did that work out? I'm just gonna be straight up. I am probably one of the most annoying people in in talent relations history because I show up when I'm not booked. I oh. email every week. Yes, I email every week. I give new ideas. They could be the polar opposite ideas. They I never stop bugging them and I haven't stopped doing that since I was Megan Miller in 2014. Um, so they have not got rid of me for six years. And I just continued to do that because that's what worked. That's what got me in the door. That's what got me my tryouts. That's what got me on TV. Um, you know, I, when I kind of debuted against Charlotte on raw, um, I took a wild guess at Paul Heyman's email and I emailed him and asked him to be put on the roster. And it, worked you know it, it it has always worked so um I showed up at Smackdown that day nobody invited me and I said hello I'm here if you want to use me I've got my gear in my car um and that's that's the way I will continue to be in in any company I work for so this was your way of basically just poking them and saying I'm good to go I'm cleared hey exactly and and um I really think like that's the best way to do it because out of sight, out of mind in wrestling it, for the fans and for everyone backstage too, you know, they're no different. If I'm not there and they're not looking at my Instagram pictures and bikinis, how are they going to know I'm alive? <laughs> and 
I had heard like, well, maybe, well, you kind of always hear when a talent's off TV around WrestleMania time, when I ask at least, because the nature of my job, people will say, probably after Mania, probably after Mania. Were you at Mania? Because I've already talked to some of the released wrestlers and some of them weren't there. I was not. I was not there. However, I didn't push to be there. Okay. I knew that with COVID, sure. it was a it was a very weird situation. And and I think when it comes to COVID, you just don't want to push it. That's what we've learned, you know? You just don't want to push push it or push the wrong button. So I respected their wish for people who are not booked to not be there unless asked. Um, so I didn't show up. And uh, the, uh, the irony of all this is that Yes, I did have my SmackDown outfit ready to go. I was going to show up for SmackDown. So I just put it away right before this interview. I, I put it back in the closet, um, but I was ready to go. So for the, the SmackDown after Mania, like you were going to pop up there again and be like, hey, what's up? Here I am. I, I sent them an email saying, I'm, I'm coming. I'm just warning you. I'm coming. I'm going to be there if you need anyone. If anything last minute comes about, I'm your girl. I will be there with gear in hand so it's funny you mentioned that as we went on the air i had just put out a report they were shorthanded on monday like they were very <laughs> shorthanded and plans change and all that obviously to somebody like me i'm looking at that and i'm like well it seems like a pretty good way to rectify that is not to release 10 people <laughs> but uh when did did you hear anything back from them when you said i'm gonna be at smackdown after mania now this is obviously no. before no. the release no, I didn't. And that honestly, like now I'm like, oh, okay. Well, you probably were waiting to fire me. They, um, so. they, their response was, you will, will you? Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Like, oh, bitch, no, you won't actually. So let's get it done before Friday. So her ass doesn't show up. Oh, but man. Uh, I mean, even, even like hearing you say like they're shorthanded, like they're not, there's so many amazing talent that's sitting in that locker room every single week, dying, dying to get on TV. So even me being gone, like there was so many other people in my position that had been in that position longer and had been sitting there for more weeks than me. And uh, we had mentioned the fact that you, you you had got called up, but I mean, um, oh my gosh, can you just wait a second? Dude is eating one of Matt's figures. Oh no, I'm this not is, even joking. This is good footage. I know he's gonna die. He <laughs> is going to die. So right now, Matt Cardona is booked at uh, some gimmick in Wisconsin. You know, maybe this is uh, behind the scenes footage in the future. <laughs> But he's booked in Wisconsin, so I mean she's gotta she's gotta tend to the figures. She's gotta oh tend my. to wow. Well, sorry Matt, you just saw that happen. So Oh, that's amazing. It's terrible, but it's amazing. No. It's funny, whenever I'm at a a wrestling figure store and I'm like, oh gosh, I can't remember what I have, and I gotta call my wife, we call that getting Chelsea'd. Because we've seen we've seen Matt do it on the show on his stuff. Oh, he's so. done it so many times. He always goes, "Babe, are you busy?" I'm like, "Well, yeah, but what do you need? Like, I have to go up to his toy room." Yeah, yeah, and he <laughs> makes me look for a certain figure, and I don't know anything about action figures, and it's um, yeah, it's it's quite a time trying to look through his collection. Yeah, the 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 big head, little head Shane Douglas is the one that I specifically <laughs> remember there. Yeah. Oh man. 
I can't wait to find out what figure it was that was was getting eaten. I was I was afraid like I thought you had like a home intruder or something. No, it looks like no, I can't tell. I can't tell. Well, you can't I'm tell not, anymore. I'm not even going to make um a guess. But and I don't know even where Jude got it from, but I'm sure I'm going to be in trouble for that. Oh, it's amazing. <laughs> so we had mentioned the call up and I had heard that you were called up like what April May of last year of of 2020. So I originally got called up um in December 2019. Yes. Um, but it was kind of a weird call up. It was it was a miscommunication maybe between NXT and the main roster. I was called up, but I wasn't. But I was. But I wasn't. Um, and then I was on TV at NXT, which I was so happy about. You know, like obviously I want to be called up, but nobody had made it official. So to be then called to tv was awesome and um and then uh triple h pulled me aside in april or may of 2020 right before the pandemic or right around that time um because we had just done um a tag match charlotte and i versus Rhea and eo and that was the day that i got officially called up so when that happened, I remember hearing things like, okay, she's going to be put in a team. She's going to be like an understudy. What had you heard about creative plans for Chelsea Green after that? Because you did have momentum in NXT. I mean, you were on TV almost every week. I was just kind of starting to yeah. like get a little momentum. So I actually didn't hear anything. Funny enough, when I was out there at the very end of the match, I heard Charlotte raised my hand and said something, said something like she's going to be next or something along the lines that made me think that I was either going to be partnered with her or I was going to be her protege. Mm -hmm. And then, um, is that the right word? Protege? Protege. Yeah. Yeah. And then, um, and then I kind of heard rumblings of that in the, in the weeks after that I was going to be, I don't want to say the next Charlotte, but coming up behind her sure. as her, her as my mentor, which is amazing. Like, I don't know that you can get a better spot than that. Um, and, uh, and then, and then kind of radio silence until, um, until the next storyline that I heard about, I heard of a lot of storylines. So I heard of one. <laughs> <laughs> that that you all ended up in trying to like do on social media, Mickey James, Chelsea Green, to the point to where apparently vignettes were filmed and were ready to go, or or segments or something like that. Is that true? And tell me literally everything about that because that's that's very interesting to me. Yeah. So I did what I always do, and after I was called up, I um you know I didn't hear anything, but I showed up every day. Um, that was for Raw showed up every day for raw um and continued to do so for a few weeks and then um i basically was told you know just give it give it a rest they will call you your you know you you will be on tv just we just have to find a a a place for you um so i assumed then of course that the charlotte storyline was not happening um and that was okay because I wasn't emotionally invested in that yet. I was excited, but you know, there's been so many of those kind of like false starts that that was not my first time. She was off TV at that point too, wasn't she? So then she, yeah, she definitely wasn't there. So I can't remember. I believe that was when she took her like 
took a hiatus. Yeah. Yeah. So um, that made sense that that wasn't going to happen. And then I was on my way to Epcot one day and, um, and I got a call saying, we're going to go ahead with this storyline of you basically being the Mickey James to Mickey James I love it. and Mickey will be the Trish. And I was so in love with that. You know, Mickey and I, um, she's just always been such a great mentor to the, to the locker room. So to then be under like a legend was going to be insane. And this is, of course, this is where I shine yes. being crazy and like acting and these kind of storylines. This was the perfect storyline to show the hot mess and to show WWE a new side of the hot mess. You know, it doesn't have to be cheesy and over the top. It can be creepy and it can be relatable and it can be your crazy ex-girlfriend or your crazy best friend and I was like I think both Mickey and I were going a million miles a minute like we kept calling each other spitballing ideas off each other um so that next day was when we were gonna film it um and um we did film a match um and you know it was live to tv so we tape it in the day and then it goes and, and they edit and edit it and go straight onto TV that night. And um, it did not air. Did you ever hear why? No, I mean, I heard, that's the problem is that in wrestling, you hear so many things and you don't know what's true. And so, you know, I did hear that it didn't get approved by Vince before we went out there. But who knows? Maybe Vince hated it. Maybe... It was never approved to begin with. Who actually knows? Because I was never given the full how it was going to turn out or how what even the next week was going to look like. So I just went out there like totally blind, knowing that I needed to show the hot mess. You came up in uh, obviously the worst possible time to get any FaceTime with Vince McMahon because it's the pandemic and why why would you want to be you know face to face talking to people around people did you get any FaceTime with him did you have any conversations with him I did I got I got very lucky I um once the the Mickey thing was down the drain and they moved to um the Amway Mm -hmm. I started showing up again (laughs) surprise oh no yeah I started showing up again I think I sat um outside Vince's office for four weeks at that point um we were going to debut i was going to debut as a trio so we had moved on mickey storyline is out trio idea is in it was going to be sexy pussycat dolls meets charlie's angels meets whatever it was we we hadn't gone too far down the rabbit hole thinking what that idea was going to be but we were going to debut in a trio um, myself, Danielle Camella, and Santana Garrett. Okay. So I love that idea. I think I, I think I'm going to say that about every idea that, cause once I hear an idea, I get invested and I think of all the things that can come from it. So I loved it because I have a history with Danielle. We tried out for tough enough together. Um, we were both alternates together, so we did have a lot of time alone. And then of course, Santana is one of my best friends and we traveled the world together. We were a tag team. I know how she works. Um, so I knew that we were going to be able to make that work. 
So I sat outside Vincent's office with them for a couple weeks and then on my own for a couple weeks. Um, All in one sitting. You never went home too. Yeah, exactly. I stayed there. I, I actually slept at, the, at Amway. I brought my sleeping Shock. bag and a protein shake. Shocking they released her. Shocking. <laughs> she just camped out. And um, that idea ended up, I was I was able to meet with a couple of writers, um, but I never got to meet with Vince for that four weeks of waiting, um, which, you know, again, COVID, obviously, that's totally fine. Um And then once that idea was done and there was no ideas, I went again and waited for three weeks. And then I think on the third or fourth week, um, he ended up being able to see me, which was the best thing ever for my career. He sat down and we probably had a 30 minute chat. He asked who I was um, in terms of who do I want to be presented as? And I told him, you know, I've probably pitched 15, 20 ideas. And he said, okay, give them to me, pitch them to me. And I pitched every single 15 ideas to him. He wrote them all down. We talked about each one. We talked about what ones would work and what wouldn't. He, you know, asked me why I thought certain things would work and and why I thought certain things wouldn't. And uh, two weeks later, I was in that Survivor Series qualifying match. So, I mean, obviously that meeting went pretty well. It went very well. You know, who knows on his end what he thought of me, but sure. I left in with such a positive vibe about the entire thing and, and relaying the, the meeting to Matt, you know, I realized how lucky I was to get such a long sit down with Vince McMahon. People just don't get yeah. that. So when, when you're waiting, like how long are you waiting each time? Is, is there like a line? I'm so fascinated. You show up at call time. You show up at, you know, one or two, I would show up around. So call time is two. I would show up around one 30. Um, and I would sit beside his security guards outside his office and I would wait until 5 PM. Sounds like club vents. Like you're waiting for the security guards to let you in. Like. No, and if you I'm go cool. and somebody else is sitting there, you're like, no, <laughs> like, you know, that like, there's a chance you might not. And you're going to sit there forever. I, I, I'll have to post it. Um, one of these days, but every time I, I waited outside, I took a picture with Vince's <laughs> office in the background with oh, a funny my... face. Like, <laughs> Oh man. So it seems like it, it went well. You appeared on SmackDown a couple of weeks ago as you, or a couple of weeks later, as you mentioned, and the, the, Plans with Charlotte had been pushed to the side. Daniel Camella, who WWE fans will know as Vanessa Bourne, they had also been called up at some point, but have not appeared on TV as well. Santana did the Rumble, maybe another spot. But you appeared on SmackDown, and there were some rumors about a possible name, Victorious. Was that going to yeah. happen? How was that going to work? That was going to happen. I, I wow. don't know, but I got told it was Victorious, and... And at first I thought it was a joke. I la- like, I giggled when I got told. And then um, when I found out it was real, honestly, I love it. Yeah. I think that the name is so, there's such, oh my God, there's so many plays on Victorious that I could have used. So many finishing and, and submission names and so many puns. And like, oh man, I could have used that. I remember all day that day. Um, Everyone was singing Bobby Roode's Glorious to me, but with Victoria. Yes. That's what comes yeah. to mind. Yeah. I mean, would would that 
would you have done like plays? Oh, you were born in Victoria, British Columbia, right? Yeah. There, I mean, there are lots of plays off of that as well. But they exactly. brought you out. Like, it's perfect. Yeah, they brought you out, and your name was Chelsea Green. Okay, it, but that shocked me. It shocked me, that, too, because I was hearing all that day, wait till you see Chelsea Green's name. And I was like, what do you mean? Like, I, I've yes. seen her name be Laurel Van Ness and Reclusa. Like, what could possibly surprise me at this point? Right. I know. Well, I... So, when I saw my name and heard it as Chelsea Green, I was like, wait, what the hell? And I was very confused. And then I think I asked someone when my arm was broken in the back, I asked someone like, I'm confused. Why was my name Chelsea? What's going on? And they were like, oh, in the post match segment, you are going to reveal that your name was victorious. Because I had a promo afterwards where I say, Billy Kay says something like, ooh, like, look at you. And I say basically like, I'm victorious for many different reasons. Yeah. Well, obviously that match did not go as planned. And I remember about two or three minutes into it, I'm like, where's Chelsea? Where's she at? (laughs) Because I had, I mean... I had a feeling that they were going to have you win. I didn't know that for sure, but I was like, well, they're certainly not going to have her get drop kicked off the apron and not be in the match again. <laughs> What's going through your mind here, and, and how does this happen? Because this is not the first time you have been through this specific injury before. Yeah, so I... One thing that I want people to know is I'm not injury prone. That's that's but the wrap. That's the detractors. I know you see it on your Twitter yeah. plenty, because if I tweet about upside of any wrestler i'll get some goofball in the twitter and oh yeah well they're they're injury pro to joe's 40 40 years old and i'm like (laughs) how many how how many times do you think or how long do you think this rap will stay with you and is it something that you feel like you have to overcome i do feel like i have to overcome it i i do feel like i i need to have a solid run without getting an injury but the the funny thing is is that I never had an injury in wrestling. I broke my collarbone in India in the very start of my career. And that's it. That collarbone has like done me good. I've been totally fine. You know, we all get bumps and bruises. Hell of a collarbone. But yeah, but I'm like, I'm totally fine. Unfortunately, because I had a plate in my arm that leaves my arm susceptible to that to that break again. Yeah. That's something I didn't know. I had no idea. Um, and so going into that match, I didn't realize a simple fall was going to be like the demise of me. I had no idea. If I had known, maybe I would have protected myself more. Um, but, but not even, you know, that was, it was such a simple move that we do all the time. Um, and I, and I dropped down onto the ground and I put my arms down and I, saw it I felt just a rush and I saw it and I was so mad I'm not a crier I'm like I get really angry because I knew like this is my time we're in the middle of a match I can't relay this message to anyone the only person that's beside me is Tamina so the only person that I can tell hey bro my arm's broken is Tamina Mm -hmm. that's it I don't know who else and and that's one thing you know I got thrown into the main roster without having many TV matches. So I haven't been in, I know what to do at impact. I know if something happens, I know who to go to, but on the main roster, like I've been out there for five minutes. 
I don't know who to tell like, Hey, like the match doesn't need to be over, but I'm hurt. And they're, I can't get they're back live again too. So, and they're live and this is my one shot. Um, I tried to get back in and Tamina did not let me. And I'm so thankful for that because my wrist would have, my whole arm would have shattered if I had got back in and did what I, what I wanted to do. Man, I've got so many questions here. One, d- does a ref eventually come and check on you or do they, like, how do they, so how you, do they send you word? Eventually relay it to a ref. Um, Tamina was, God, thank God for her. She related to a cameraman who related to the ref, who related to medical and backstage um, so that they can make all the changes necessary that they need to. Um, and then, you know, there's always someone uh, ringside medically. So someone came over and, and he basically held my wrist in place while it was bent this way, um, held it in place until the match was over. And then we rushed to the back and rushed to hospital. And uh, not not to put a damper, but do you think if that injury hadn't happened that you would be released right now? No, I don't. Um, but I'm not really one to dwell on sure. what ifs. There's a couple what, if, what ifs in my career that I I linger on. and I And I often have to remind myself, like but that's life and not only is that life that's definitely wrestling do you know what i mean that is so wrestling and unfortunately i hadn't experienced it before but i'm experiencing it now and at the highest level and so yeah honestly i i think i would have thrived i think i would have been put in really cool storylines and and shown you know the my promo skills and the things that paul Heyman saw in me from day one i would have been able to show everybody else but i didn't I didn't get to. And that's that. And one thing I am thankful for is I do think like that Liv Morgan deserves the world. And Mm -hmm. I know she can be in one of those top spots. And she changed so much when she took that time off from being the old Liv to the new Liv. And, and I, I think that she deserves to shine. So I am really glad that the person who won that match was Liv and she went to Survivor Series. I heard that on the headset, apparently it was, changed like repeatedly 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 and i quite frankly i was pretty happy to see live in that spot too but had you heard of any creative plans beyond that like obviously you're winning you're going to survivor series probably getting a payday off that and a lot of things are changing all at once i heard nothing so i really do think that my I changed Vince's mind in that meeting. Mm -hmm. And so I think that when it came down to who should be in this match today, who should win, he said my name. And I'm so thankful for that. But beyond that, I don't think there was any plans. And I I also think that if you you truly think about that Survivor Survivor Series match and the storylines that were within it, I was going to go into that match the same way I went into the NXT ladder match at takeover with yeah. zero storyline and in wrestling there's nothing worse than zero storyline because like, i mean truly we saw walter get thrown onto the nxt team in 2019 and they pinned him in two and a half minutes and, and, and that's the thing would i have been the one taking the pin probably yeah. would i have cared absolutely not like i needed to get out there if you want to you know give me a big boot and pin me right off the bat honestly go ahead I'm good. I'm your girl. I've done it before. I'll do it again. But I really, I really do think like that I was in no position to even be in that match. 
So at some point throughout this period, it's reported you got a new three-year contract. Was that offered before the injury, after the injury? I had heard that you signed it after the injury, but I didn't know if it was offered before or after. It was offered before, um, but it was something that I really need to, I needed to think about because, um, you know, my career at WWE didn't go the way I thought it would. It, mm-hmm. it, it, I didn't make the impressions that I thought it would, um, you know, on, on, on everyone. So I really wanted to just sit down and think about it. And um, I had decided that most likely going forward after seeing um, the struggle that, that Matt had, you know, like, and, and going kind of place to place and trying to figure out what he was going to do. I thought, you know what, this, this, this was my goal. Mm-hmm. I want to be here. So I wanted to sign it. So um, I friggin' signed that thing so fast. Once I broke my arm, <laughs> man, couldn't, couldn't, you could have got me that contract right in hospital. Whoop! Like I was like, no, I want to be here. And I think it was like, while I was sitting in that hospital bed that I was like, shit, you know, I, I almost did it. I almost yeah. got there and, and on survivor series and all these cool things were coming my way, you know, stop taking these opportunities for granted. I'm lucky. When would your deal have been up? Had you not resigned? January. Oh, uh, hmm. well, that's another funny thing. I actually had resigned a contract right before I got called up. Okay. Yeah, I actually had re-signed a, um, a contract for NXT right before I was called up. So I would have still had, you know, okay. a, a solid two years. Because I, I remember when I talked to Matt, he had he wasn't sure what he was going to do by the time he was released. He had been offered a contract like a year before that and sat yeah. on it. And by the time his 90 days were up, it, he would have only had like three or four more weeks on his WWE deal anyway. So basically yeah, they just... It was a, it a weird overlap with his they basically just sliced a month off his deal and that was yeah that was effectively it yeah now we heard people have 90 day no competes how are you handling that is that something that that you're excited about you, you don't want how 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 is that for you i feel like it's a win-win with the with the non-compete because of, of the money like sure i think that we're we're making so much more money in WWE than we are on the indies. So it's great to ride out that 90 days and know that you have 90 days to save as much as you can to prepare yourself for, especially in this time. Yes. We're so lucky to get a paycheck in this time. And man, all my friends, my family, you know, they, they struggle, they struggled through the pandemic. And I felt very fortunate to have this paycheck coming in. I feel very fortunate to have the 90 days. However, you know, in that same breath, I will say, um, I don't necessarily want 90 days off of wrestling. I don't want 90 days away from the public. I've had a year yeah, away from the public eye. I've had a year away from interacting with the fans and showing them why I know I'm a star, you know, and I am so thankful that the things I did before WWE really shone a positive light on my skill because if I hadn't had the impact women's championship, if I hadn't main evented Lucha underground, if I hadn't had a bomb ass match at all in, would you guys still be waiting for me? Would you still remember the hot mess? You know, would we be having these interviews? I don't know. I'd still interview you. Come on. You might want the dirt still. So you might still interview me. You're right. But (laughs) 
I'm kind of like, I've had so much time off. Like, just let me go. Just let me do what I want to do, which is wrestle and act and do all these things where I get to interact. So I'm like counting down the days while also, you know, trying to figure out a way, like, do I need these 90 days? Do I need 90 days of pay? Can I just go and, and do my own thing and, and, you know, shine? Man, there's so much to talk to you about, about your WWE run that where you said you, you had like a year off, but there's still just so much stuff to talk about there. Whenever I would ask, hey, why isn't Santana Garrett on TV? Why isn't Chelsea Green on TV? Why isn't Vanessa Bourne on TV? This person, that person, Alistair Black, et cetera, et cetera. I would hear who pushed for them and who didn't. Like I, I came across this week that maybe Kevin Dunn didn't see it with Billy Kay. And then over that, that year, I had heard, oh, Paul Heyman definitely does see it in Chelsea Green. He seems like he was integral and instrumental in you being called up and really just, just the idea of you being on that, that main roster. There are a few people in my career um, as a pro wrestler that I like to thank. Um, one is Lance Storm for starting my career. Two is Billy Gunn for believing in me after Tough Enough. Three is Gail Kim for, you know, truly believing in me at Impact and 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 really pushing me to be the best version of myself. Um, and you know, now the the fourth person I would add to that list from WWE is Paul Heyman, and I don't know what I did to get so lucky. But I will never forget cutting um, a promo in front of Paul Heyman at the Performance Center. And he said to me in front of everyone, he said, wow, you live up to all of the hype, up to every single positive thing that I heard about you. You lived up to that and you blew me out of the water. And I was like, I could have cried. I don't cry, but I could have cried. It was, and that was really the start of my relationship with Paul Heyman. And it just got better and better um, throughout those two years. Sometimes we hear that maybe Paul pushing for somebody isn't a great thing. Like I'm, I'm sure you've heard that in the past as well. Paul has said that in the past, I think. Uh, I'm interested to hear about maybe your interactions with some other people in authority there like a Bruce Pritchard uh, I, I don't know if you guys crossed paths in like MLW or anything like that I don't know if he was there then uh how was he to deal with so I like Bruce I um he always answered my emails like what I what I judge it off is like do you answer my emails do you answer my pitch ideas he doesn't do even you... answer Conrad's emails yeah he answers my emails not all the time but like he <laughs> my emails when it matters he answers my pitch ideas when I've asked for sit downs with him. He has given those to me. So, um, I mean, I appreciate that. Besides that, we, um, we did cross paths a little bit in impact briefly, like for a hot second. Uh, but other than that, we really don't have, um, a relationship. I have tried to make a relationship with kind of like every person I could under the sun who has authority, whether it be triple H you know, Matt Bloom, the writers at NXT, Johnny Ace, Bruce, um, people like that. Um, but man, Paul Heyman has just been like 
the fire under my butt to just let's go let's do this you know like he loves a good character and he loves a good promo and that's me some of the other people there that are of influence i mentioned kevin dunn did you ever ever have any any interactions with him no i didn't kevin dunn is like um god you just hear him and and you never see him (laughs) interesting interesting (laughs) we all talk about him but you never see him well, you, you had mentioned Gail earlier. We're talking about some people in authority. Both Gail and Scott Demore both basically said, "Hey, here, come here. What's up?" As soon as you were released, that's got to feel good, right? Honestly, it feels so good. Um, it's everything that you want to hear the day that you're told you're not wanted. Is you want to feel wanted and to have those conversations with Ring of Honor, with Impact, with AEW, like. That's amazing to, to feel wanted. The, those people were tweeting nice things about me and they didn't need to. None of them needed to and, and all of them did. So have you had conversations with other companies besides Impact Wrestling already? I've had conversations with everyone, but I, I say that because I'm friends with all of them. Sure. And it's hard. There's there's a very fine line. You know, it's it's hard to ask your friends for a job. I have friends at Ring of Honor, AEW, and Impact, and friends in Japan, you know? I talked to EO today, and and EO is like, I'll do whatever I can to negotiate for you in Japan. I've talked to people in Mexico to, you know, hopefully try to do some some stuff in Mexico that I didn't get to totally do in, on my time in the Indies. So I have spoken to everyone. Um, I'm not one to sit back and wait, so... You know, like I got released and that night I spoke with everyone and the next morning I took bookings. Wow. Fantastic. I'm, I'm I mean, so what can you do? You can't I'm, wait. I mean, when, when I looked at, at the people who were released, I'm like, man, there's a lot of these people that are going to have a lot of options out there. And I know AEW's got a really big roster, but obviously you're, you're TV ready and have been for years now. You were TV ready when you got signed to NXT. And well, before that, uh, you've... You've appeared on TV basically for the what what became AEW All In. You you appeared for MLW, Lucha Underground. So not only are you TV ready, you're TV ready for like five different kinds of TV, which is pretty wild. Now, the only company I haven't worked for, the only major company I haven't worked for is Ring of Honor, and I did we did really try to to make that work before I got yeah. signed. Um, but I wasn't able to. So that's like really on my bucket list. And I know they, I, I know a year ago they wanted to reintegrate their women's division because they had all the stuff with Kelly Klein. That's unfortunate. But a year ago they were going to start that tournament for Mania weekend. And they, they contacted a bunch of big names like Ashley Vox was telling me, yeah, I was supposed to work those, that tournament. And yeah. now they're, they're finally getting back to it. And when people said, Oh, who should ring of honor bring in? A year ago, I was like, well, they should probably bring in a guy like Matt Cardona, who is a great worker, but has a bright personality as well. And you, you definitely have both of those things, right? Thanks. I think so. And and I would love uh, they just signed Kellyanne Fiend. Yes. Um, she might be one of the most underrated wrestlers ever. And I try so hard tried for years to get her signed places because she is just such a star and finally finally she signed and i'm just dying dying to wrestle her again so i definitely want to get to some other topics but it's weird we have some reader questions which is interesting because i didn't put out there that i was doing this interview but what? There, 
but there is a a Dr. Britt B. from Pittsburgh who asks, why didn't Fire and Nice ever win tag titles in Rise or Shimmer? I love that question because you know what? I wonder the same thing. We were the best freaking tag team, women's tag team out there at the time, and we lost every goddamn match. Every match. And we weren't even given good opportunities, so... Well, we have another question. This one is from a Deanna P from New Jersey. It says, who is the worst backseat driver that you know? <laughs> I think she expects me to say her, but I would say her rival is Matt. They're both. Really? Yeah, the two of them. The two of them. Um, Deanna's like an invisible breaker <laughs> and like a, oh, oh, whoa. And then Matt's like a, get off your phone, even though he's on his phone when he drives. It's very annoying. But also, I shouldn't be on my phone when I drive, and I know Neither that, of you so. should be. No, I know. And it is bad. I would say Matt is much worse at it, but I'm like a no-hands texting type of gal, and that's like the worst. Interesting. Wow. And, and but you said you expect – this is a completely anonymous person. What are you talking about? Like, you don't know who, who asked these questions. I, I hid <laughs> the last name and everything. <laughs> So I, I want to talk a little bit about your, your NXT run, too, because we did see you do stuff with the Robert Stone brand. You did have that very quick call-up. You and Deanna both did. Uh, it's very obvious you guys had pitched VXT there. Impact Wrestling has a knockouts tag team division, which that, that was something that Gail Kim was very quick to remind me, was, hey, you know what? We got a tag team division over here. There's other places with tag team divisions. When, when you look back at your NXT run in totality, how do you feel about it? Do you feel like there was, there was something left to be desired? Because obviously there were some things you all wanted to happen that didn't quite happen. Yeah, there was definitely something left to be desired. However, I will say that my goal was always the main roster. From day one, the minute I set foot in there, the minute I set foot in a wrestling ring, my goal was Raw and SmackDown. Um, and that's not everybody's goal, you know? Some people's goal, as we have seen, is NXT. Champa said it. Champa said he'd retire if he got called up. Right, exactly. So, um, with that being said, do I do I wish that I made more of an impact at NXT? Absolutely. But they don't need me. They don't need me. I am a main roster talent. I push my boobs up. I show my butt, and I go out there and I make a fool of myself. And NXT is about wrestling, like real hard hitting wrestling. And I can wrestle, but that's not my number one priority in wrestling. My number one priority is to entertain and make a fool of myself. And I've done that my whole career. Like that's how I've, how I've made my money. And so I think it was always, I was always hired to end up there on raw or smackdown and i'm totally okay with that so i had mentioned i mean obviously we see diana get released last year and when i did an interview with her right after her release we, we kind of joked i was like do you want to hear something sad and she's like what that i was owing 20 in wwe and now obviously things are a lot different for her she yeah. is doing she she's one of the greatest knockouts champions of all time now a year later and when you see that and you see what Matt has done with his show, and I mean, I, I, when I talk to him, he's like, man, 
He's like, I, I don't think I knew that it was a blessing then, but it is now. And he said the same about you. Like, maybe she doesn't know how much of a blessing it is, but it seems like very quickly that's coming into focus for you that, well, I mean, my goal might have to be different, but I can still achieve it type of thing. I'm really lucky that I can add WWE to my resume. Um, but it's tough because Raw and SmackDown was my 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 goal the end all be all and i didn't show what i wanted to show and i didn't show that i was worthy of a spot on that roster and i think that that's one thing that will haunt me a little bit however i thrived before wwe so i know i'll be fine after and that's why i don't think this is a blessing because it's not like you know I, it's not like I did all these amazing things and then I was treated like garbage. No, sure. like I was so close to doing all those amazing things and I wish I could have. However, I'm just going from here to here. Mm-hmm. I'm going parallel and I'm going to do something totally different and I'm going to, you know, show WWE what they didn't get to see and I'm going to show the world what they didn't get to see in the past two years, you know, and, and it's going to be great, but it doesn't feel like a blessing, but it is a positive. So I, I had mentioned that NXT run was, was Deanna your first match in NXT, like on a live event? She was. Were you all close before that? Or is that just what sparked we, it? We actually both had an impact tryout, the tryout that I basically got hired from. Um, we were both there at the same time. And uh, that was years ago, like, yeah. you know, over five years ago. And uh and so that's kind of where we met, but we had always been friends through social media and same with Britt and I, we were always friends through social media. We just had so much in common. And I think we saw a bit of ourselves in each other. And obviously that, that ended up working out pretty, pretty nicely for you all. There were a lot of people excited for VXT. You both had that December week call up thing. Like was... I'm very like. Was that just pure luck that you? It was you two and not yeah. you and somebody else. Yeah, I think I would guess that they called us originally for some sort of tag match. Um, there was something going on at the time that was tag related, and I can't yeah. remember what it was now. But I do remember there was some tag related stuff. So we did. It's alright. They, they don't. They don't remember their tag titles either. Yeah. I- <laughs> So it was tag related, but um, then when we got up there, I also heard that it was just who are two girls that can go that haven't necessarily been overexposed on NXT. It's not an NXT talent coming up. It's just a talent coming up because um, we hadn't been on, you know, we hadn't, we hadn't had yeah. that, that spotlight shone on us on, on NXT yet. So, I mean, that was pretty freaking cool. Um, but, you know, originally VXT was myself diana and rachel yeah who is that was supposed to be a trio and then rachel got injured yeah and now so she's... that like oh that was so unfortunate like that whole thing was so unfortunate and she was at the impact tapings recently so i mean yeah. that, things are looking up for her after totally. after that december call up like that wasn't it you you did a couple main event matches you did you worked sarah logan and you work Natalia. So for like three solid weeks, it looks like you're called up. But it's never like a great thing when you're immediately put on main event. So what kind of emotions did you go through there 
I mean, it, at the same time, main event, but you're winning. You're beating, you're beating Sarah Logan. So how did you feel about that? Um, honestly, I was so happy because I, again, worked my whole career to be on the main roster. So I didn't put, I didn't put main event in any different category than Raw or SmackDown because okay. I was so new. I was so new. And at the time, I had already seen a couple of the NXT girls go up, do main events to prove or to to give the main roster time for them to decide what box are we putting her in? What is her character? What is her storyline? What is her deal? So I was just like, woo, let's go. I'm on the main roster. I get, you know, my family gets to see me in Canada because they didn't get to see me in Canada on NXT. If I was on NXT, it didn't air then. Yeah. So I was like, oh my God, you know, all my friends are going to be able to walk into a sports bra- bar and say, put on Raw and there's their girlfriend, you know, on TV. So I was like, in heaven and at that point i had been told i was called up so that january was a, a roller coaster because i know after that you worked in an nxt live event so and i think it was against caden carter because uh, i remember seeing the nxt live event results and i'm like what's she doing on there what were you told when you were told maybe you're going back on a loop or doing an nxt live event so I didn't think anything of the NXT live events because I had been told in the past that people would still do 30 days at NXT. Okay. So there was nothing like out of the ordinary for me there. Um, I also, it's kind of fun to like be up on that big stage and then to go and get that pop at a, in like a little indie venue. Like that's pretty cool too. Right. Cause like I wasn't getting that beforehand because I was just, I got that at the beginning of my yeah. NXT career, but then I turned into like, well, she's not on TV. So she's not Bianca. She's yeah. not winning the NXT UK title. So she's not Rhea. So who is she? Who cares who she is? Right. So that was kind of cool to come back and be able to have those matches and, and have them be excited to see me. And I'm always fascinated about the Royal Rumble. You popped up there, looked like a star there. People still use the GIF. Like, like anytime something's happening with you, there's the shh, GIF, GIF, whatever it's called up there. How were you told that it was going to happen? And what goes into the process of working a Royal Rumble match? Nobody told me I was going to be in the Royal Rumble. You just showed up. Um, that, that's what you do. Yeah, you just yeah, showed yeah, up. showed up and they put me in. No, but... Nobody told me. I actually had heard the year I got hired. I got hired um, in, um, what, 2019? 2018. Okay, so I got hired October 2018. Um, I had heard that my name had been thrown around for that Royal Rumble uh, in 2019 um, to debut, or not debut, but come out for the Royal Rumble as the hot mess. Whether that's true or not, I don't know. But, you know, I, I heard that, and that is awesome. Like, that was cool. So, then when it came to the Royal Rumble, Robert Stone and I did talk about like this is a possibility this year. You know, you're you're on TV, you're you've done it, you've done a couple of of main events and, and Raws, and you're on NXT TV. This could happen, um, but we never heard anything. And then uh, we got a uh, notification in our. WWE app saying that there is a dress rehearsal for the Royal Rumble that you're needed for. <laughs> so I was like, wait. So I texted him like, wait, are we in it? What's happening? Are so we- you're you're in Florida at this time. The 
pay-per-views in what, Arizona or Houston? I can't remember. Yeah, I know it was Not at the baseball. Arizona. Arizona was the one I would have been on. Okay. The next year. So, yeah, it was Houston then, uh, the baseball stadium. So, what, did you have to, like, hop on a flight, like, immediately? or? Yeah, so it was, like, I believe, like, the day before, like, so I got that, and then I got um, all my flight information, and it was, like, maybe the next day or something like that. But luckily, we had spoken about it, so I was ready. You know, I, I'm always ready with gear. Always. Like, you know, I didn't know if I was going to be in WrestleMania in, in 2020, but I had WrestleMania gear ready and I had backup WrestleMania gear ready and I had SmackDown and Raw, you know, just in case they wanted me to debut gear ready. Wow. So I'm good. I'm good on that front. Like I had that pink outfit ready and planned for the Royal Rumble in case. That's fantastic. So... <laughs> So needless to say, you, you've got plenty of new gear for for your future run, right? You don't even want to see the amount of gear I have for all the things I thought I was going to do. I probably have 12 sets of gear I've never worn sitting waiting for me, and I have four pairs of boots. Well, that's a, that's a good problem to have now, right? Because you're going to be seen everywhere. Uh, one of the things I saw a lot of people saying, oh, is she going to bring back her YouTube channel? Is she going to be doing a lot of the... Uh, a lot of the things that people outside of WWE are allowed to do, like Twitch and uh, podcasts and stuff like that. Obviously, you know a guy who's got a pretty good podcast network, Matt Cardona. Uh, he's he's doing pretty good with that right now. Yeah, I really uh, all those things I'm going to start doing again. Um, I was doing YouTube for a little bit during the pandemic, and I had a lot of fun with it. I need to educate myself a little more in editing and things like that because. I, I love sitting down and editing stuff myself. Um, so I will be doing that and uh, I'm going to get a podcast up and running here soon. Um, I'm trying to sell the idea to Barstool, but I, I don't that. have any contacts. So honestly, like no shame. You know I what I mean? You. Like <laughs> no shame. I put it out there. How is anybody going to know that I want to do something if I don't tell people? I've always been someone like if I'm on a diet, or something like that. I tell people because then you have to do it. You're accountable. And I told the world that I want to do a podcast. So now I'm accountable. And, you know, I, I got to sit down and I got to do it this week. So we're going to get started. So we'll see. There's so many ideas that I have. I was offered a movie role um, last year. Yeah. For a, an awesome movie that's shooting in Canada that had to shut down because of the pandemic. And there we go. There's a blessing in disguise. You know, that's something that I may not have been allowed to do. And and now I was able to send them a text and say, I'm a hundred percent in and there's nothing stopping me. So it seems like with, with the unfortunate series of events that unfolded between not being used on TV, hurt, getting, getting hurt, getting released, even though it didn't go your way, you're pretty optimistic about the future. Even, even the possibility of a future with WWE again, if those roads cross. Yeah, totally. I mean, never say never for anything, any opportunity, you know, and, and I didn't go out guns a blazing with WWE. I, I have a relationship with all those people that the, the bridge is not burnt. Well, maybe I shouldn't say that. <laughs> I'm saying it. I'm like, wait a second. Well, I can't really say that the bridge isn't burnt, but you know, like, I think I have a good relationship with all the, those people. And um, I'm really excited to not focus on WWE and to focus on the other companies that I know I can be a star at. Um, but never say never for anything in the future. 
And and we've seen that work out for so many people. Eric Young, for example, had one of his best creative years ever, I thought, in Impact Wrestling. We mentioned Diana, She knocked it out of the park. There's a whole lot of people. Nick Comoroto, who is Nick Ogarelli in NXT, he's on AEW TV now. And quite frankly, 99% of the wrestling audience didn't know who he was a year ago. So there are a lot of things. And you have somebody who has navigated it in Matt, and he has emerged very successful out of it. We've seen him on AEW. We've seen him on Impact. I've mentioned his... I mean, they they just did a figure wrestling federation live show for the love of God. Like it looks (laughs) like he's having the time of his life right now. Yeah. There's just so many people in my life that have come out on top. Um, and that's kind of what I'm excited for. I I do look at people like Matt and, and Cody and they're just killing it and they're having their best years ever. And, and it's, you know, it has nothing to do with the largest wrestling company. It has everything to do with them fulfilling themselves creatively. And that's always what, where I've been happiest is just being creative. And that's what I want to do. Well, I appreciate you being so generous with your time. I mean, there, there's stuff we, we got source material for like three interviews in the future. Cause we didn't talk tough enough or impact or MLW. Oh my or gosh. We have so much. We have so much to and, talk about so whenever you want to talk i'm here and this is my first interview with chelsea green so like you guys i'm gonna be hitting her up again in the future because there's so much stuff i want to know about the hot mess and impact and tna and all that good stuff but guys check out our pro wrestling tea store it's back up and Yay! running isn't it thank god to to matt for getting my pro wrestling tea store up before i had even got off the phone you know like <laughs> uh, so every Go buy a t-shirt, my new t-shirts, Chelsea Green Pro Wrestling T-Store. Woo! <laughs> Check it out, guys. Support what she's doing. You see her Twitter handle here on the screen. Chelsea Green, I want to thank you so much. Thank you. I appreciate you taking the time to do this. Until next time, guys, we're out. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.